Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Podcast, equipping people to live successful Christian lives. We all have a picture in minds of what we think marriage is, maybe what it isn't, what it should be, right? Or whether you're previously married or preparing for marriage, we have some of those here, never want to be married, you know, something like that, or happily married. (laughs) We're going to discover four specific vows that really can transform your future. Right. And really today, if you're not married or in that category where you don't want to be married, this is just good relationship advice. Just, I mean, we're sitting, we're hitting on marriage today, but really you can take this and you can apply it to any relationship relationship that Mm -hmm. you care about in your life. So it's great. Well, John and I just celebrated last Saturday, 28 years of marriage. Yes. Awesome. Oh, I see Robert and Shirley back there. You guys got us beat by um, a long stretch, but we watch <laughs> you, and and they've yeah. been a couple that have spoken into our life that have have um, helped us. An example, an example to keep us twenty eight years. So we have a little snapshot, a clip of what a wedding twenty eight years ago looked like. So let's check that out. Maybe. A picture perfect that's what our love is, and yes, I need you so, need you so, and now I know. If you have one thing to say to your groom right now, what would it be? Oh. Well, this is a very happy day, and I love him very much. He's made me very happy, and I'll try to do the same for him for the rest of our life. Gary, you're my masterpiece, and my life is painted like on a canvas. I love you. Be jealous, my friend. So, okay, for the online crew, we just got asked from the audience, what about that stash? (laughs) It's not coming back. I like the mullet. I don't know. I I like the mullet. I mean, I shave it sometimes, you know, and then I tell Chris, and she's like, no, it's just not going to. He's like, should I keep it? Nope. (laughs) It it doesn't do anything for her. So, anyways, yeah, we were so young. We had no idea what we were doing. How many of you felt that way in your wedding? I mean, really, you really, you're like, I'm jumping into this, yeah, with a person that I love for life, but it's like, wow, we have no idea. 28 years later, it's like, wow, you know, had we known then what we know now, you know, but the cool thing is it's a lifelong journey. It's a beautiful journey. And and I love being married. I think it's a great, great thing that Mm -hmm. it's a gift from the Lord that we can be married. And um, I just want to make sure that everyone here knows we're just going to level the playing field right from the get-go. Marriage is hard. Yeah, it is. And just because you see that, and just because you see this, you know, we were singing that song um, today, I'm going to see a victory. And I just felt like declaring that over some of the marriages in this place, because there's been times in our own marriage where we had to declare that because it was hard and we were struggling through and we didn't know there's been a lot of laughter and there's been a lot of tears. There's been a lot of joys, but there's also been a lot of heartbreak. And we've had to be really good forgivers and and, and just struggle on through. So when we come to you today and talk about this subject, we have not arrived by any stretch, but we've learned some things over the 28 years. And because of God's grace and his goodness, we've made it and we're still in it. And we are going to continue to fight for our marriage. So no matter where you are today, maybe you're in the midst of the struggle. Can I tell you today, there's hope. 
Amen. There's hope for you in your marriage in the struggle. Absolutely. There's hope. And Amen. you know, the ups and downs, we all go through them, right? We do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so have you ever been in a time of conflict, you know, with your spouse? Maybe it's a close family member when you have an issue going on. And when suddenly you realize, well, the issue is no longer the issue, and you see the spirit of the person deflate that you're having conflict with. So when, what is the issue, right, when the issue really isn't the issue, right? Because that's true. Something else is going on inside of you at the moment. And so what takes place inside of men and women at the point of deflating is we disengage in conflict. We disengage from each other. We do. And so what we want to talk to you about today is two key ingredients, really primarily in marriage, that are critical to have for a lasting marriage. But really, like I said, good relationship advice for anyone because we care about people, right? And so what we're going to talk about today is when the issue is not the issue with the woman, but really, when there's an issue going on, we can take it back to there's always primarily one issue happening in her life. Yeah. And the same with the man. Yeah. Where the issue isn't really the issue with the man, there's one issue really right. going on in most cases. Yeah, something that's festering inside of there. So what's fascinating is they're not the same one thing. Right. That's for sure. So what are the two key ingredients that make for successful relationships. Well, the University of Washington studied 2,000 couples for 20 years in their love laboratory. Mm, love laboratory. <laughs> Psychologists and social workers were taking detailed notes. They were videotaping. Also, they hooked up the husband and wife to BPMs the beats per minute of their heart, because as people stay in that situation long enough, they generally begin to calm down, they let their hair down, and they're kind of themselves in that moment. Right, so at a certain point, they just begin to act like they were at home, they get comfortable with it, it's very natural. So over a 20-year period, the people doing the study said, we finally know the two ingredients for a successful marriage. And when these two ingredients Mm -hmm. are present in the marriage, the marriage generally succeeds. And Mm. when these two ingredients are absent in the marriage, the marriage typically fails. That's true. So what did they say they were? Well, the two key key ingredients are love Mm -hmm. and respect. That's what we're going to talk about today, love and respect. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Emerson Egrich pointed this out in his book, Love and Respect. I don't know if any of you have ever read that. We have that book. How many of you have read that book? That's a challenging book, but it's a very good book. And so in the study... They said it doesn't make any difference. Certain factors like age of the couple, it didn't make any difference how much money they had or the style of the argument that they had. What they found out in those relationships that succeeded were if they were carried along with a tone of love and respect toward each other while dealing with these other issues, they were able Mm -hmm. to thrive. It's having love and respect while you're dealing with money problems, marital problems and kid problems and so on. Yeah, and it's possible. You know, we were in Africa, and we saw that was probably the most impoverished place we've been to. Yeah. And, and yet, these people are living in poverty, and some of them had great marriages. And then we yeah. here in the United States, we know some people who have more money than they know what to do with, and yet they have terrible marriages. So, right. so there's no correlation here. It's just really marriage. And it's the stress of marriage that we're all going to encounter. And, but stress reveals who we are 
It doesn't cause us to be who we are. Mm. And so, you know, it's kind of like when you're squeezed, when you're squeezed, what's really inside is going to come out. No matter how much you want to keep it, when you're squeezed and under pressure, that stuff you're trying to keep buried, it's going to come out. So am I going to choose to be a loving person when I'm upset with you? Mm. Am I going to choose to be a caring person even though we don't agree? Or even though I'm mad at you, I can still have a positive regard toward you while I'm still addressing the issue. See, we're not talking about avoiding the issue. We're talking about addressing it, but doing it in love and in a respective way. You know, if I don't have love and respect inside of me, when I'm squeezed, when we're in conflict, what's in me is going to come out. And it's not going to be loving and it's not going to be respectful. That's really true. And um, so what this should do and what we hope to do today, it should excite us. Why? Because we can control far more than we think we can. We can. We're yeah. not helpless victims, right. even though we feel that way, even in those moments of conflict right. that every relationship and every marriage go through. We're not helpless. Right. And the University of Washington study we just told you about that with those 2,000 couples over 20 years found that love and respect were the two key ingredients, but they saw that there were some gender differences that we want to have some fun with and talk about today. They discovered that 85% of those at a certain point withdrew Stonewall, backed away from the emotional argument. Can you guess which male or female, (laughs) who backs down? It's the males. 85% of males back out of an argument. And just to be fair, ladies, 15% of women withdraw in a a conflict. Yeah. You know, um, my mother withdrew from my Mm -hmm. father. And I saw this growing up. My father had outburst issues, Mm -hmm. never physical, but had angry outbursts. Mm -hmm. And you know, women withdraw out of fear that their emotions will be dismissed Mm -hmm. and that they're just going to be put down anyways. And so the woman, she shuts down at those moments. Men withdraw for other reasons. The women were asked, why does your husband do this? And they asked, what do you feel when he withdraws from you? How do you as the wife feel when he withdraws? They said it feels like an act of hostility. Mm -hmm. It is the opposite of love that they said that takes place. And so what they found out is when men get into these conflicting moments, their heart rate gets to 99 beats per minute. Wow. So that's called warrior mode, men, right? We know that that's, that's warrior mode. You're 99 beats per minute, right? This is like what happens, what a man does before he throws his body on a hand grenade to save his buddies. That's that level. So that's amazing. So, or when someone invades his home this is the adrenaline that comes over him that could possibly lead him to death. He doesn't cower in fear. He moves toward it, right, with a quick rescue mode, 99 beats per minute. So it's either fight or flight. Right. So you disengage. Why? That's what they were getting to because they said it's the honorable thing to do. So it, they said, listen, it's not worth getting in a fight over with my wife. So the honorable thing to do is just to pull back and withdraw from mm-hmm. that conflict. Wow. That, that makes so much sense when he puts it like that, doesn't it? Mm. So, so is it an act of hostility to withdraw or is it an act of honor? And the right. answer is 
Yes. <laughs> so whether you are watching the videotape in pink or blue, whether you're watching it through the eyes of a woman or the eyes of a man, mm -hmm. you know, it's like these potential fights that you have coming up, um, these potential conflicts where, honey, should we sell the kids or not? Honey, should we go to this <laughs> church or that church? Should we spend the money? Should we save the money? These These, these are conversations we all have and right. we need to have. And they're not evil in and of themselves. No, but they're, they're potential not. for a conflict that can cause us to shut down. Right. And they're potential to cause us to disengage or withdraw from one another. Mm. Um, they're really very real conflicts. And the thing of it is, is it's a choice. It's a decision how we're going to respond mm. in these moments because they're going to happen. Sure, and so yeah. a man withdrawing from his wife, is that an act of hostility or an act of honor? Well, to her, it's hostility, but to him, mm. it's honor. Right. And so also when they studied the women and what was taking place in the heart of a man was criticism, complaint, criticism, complaint. There she goes again. And the men were asked, what do you feel inside of you when she keeps criticizing? Ongoing criticism, they said, just seems like she has ongoing contempt for him as a human being. That she literally finds me inadequate and doesn't respect me at all. That's how the feeling was inside of these couples. Women, you have to understand, they confront to connect because they care. And so I think it's important to realize that. They confront, they're talking a lot, they're asking questions a lot because they really do care. That's inside of them as a nurture. But she criticizes because she cares. She complains because she cares to connect. Why? To try to resolve the issues. And it's in these moments, is it an act of contempt or an act of care? And the answer is yes. yes. Again, right? <laughs> it's whether you're videotaping in pink or blue. Is what you're seeing and what you're running through your filter. Neither are wrong. They're just different. Right. That's so good. And so we've established here that we all need love and we all need respect. But women predominantly need love and we see that men predominantly need respect. Here's a little trivia for you. Otis Redding wrote a song in the mid-1960s written from a man to his wife. But Aretha Franklin came along and changed it up. Men, you had one song and we took it from you. Name that tune. <laughs> R-E-S-P-E-C-T. <laughs> There you go. Respect, you yeah. That's the song. Yeah. So, so there's no question. Women need love. We need respect. But this issue of respect is really, really big right. for men. You know, men and women process the world so differently. Mm -hmm. Shatine Felden said, um, asked a random sample of American men this question. Would you rather be left alone mm. and unloved in the world Or would you rather be viewed as inadequate and disrespected? And I'm going to tell you what, an astounding amount of men answered this question, said they would rather be left alone and unloved than to be disrespected. Mm. See, men can't handle the idea that we would find them inadequate as a human being or that we wouldn't respect right. who they are. So if that message that you're sending is not respecting him as a human being, and that takes place, you are going to lose his heart as a girlfriend or as a wife. Wow. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. That's huge. Dr. Edricks asked 7,000 people this, when in a conflict with your spouse, do you feel unloved or disrespected? 83% of men say they feel disrespected. 72% of women said they feel unloved. So this just goes to show you 
that women need love, men need respect. It just proves it in that study. And there's a revelation in Scripture that really is mind-boggling. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33, if you want to look there, it will be on the screen as well, where the Apostle Paul has this chapter on marriage. This is a great chapter on marriage if you've never read this chapter. I encourage you to do it as a couple. This is like God's last word to the church on marriage right here. And it says this, however, each of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and she must respect her husband. This is amazing. In this, it's right. It's plain. God God wrote this Mm -hmm. before the studies were ever done, Mm -hmm. right? Love and respect. It's in God's manual book. It's there for all of us to see. Mm -hmm. He's put it out there plainly. Mm -hmm. Do you know that only husbands are held to agape love with their wives? Mm -hmm. And the word agape is that biblical, that's that unconditional love that God has for us first. But inside of that scripture, Ephesians 5.33, that word love is the word agape, that the husband is to agape, love, unconditional love, his wife, right? So no wife is commanded to agape love with her husband. And and it's amazing because there's different words in the Bible for love, agape that we just said, phileo, which is that brotherly love, eros is the sexual type of love that we see inside of the Bible. But in the book of Titus, Titus says, this is what it says, Paul's talking to the older women. He's saying, the older women are telling the younger women to phileo their husband, brotherly love your husband, not fillet your husband, but phileo <laughs> your husband, right? Yeah. That's what it says. So yeah, which is a friendship love. It's a friendship love. Yeah. That's what God has called the woman to have with the man. What happens is, yes, in the course of time, a woman, she is exhausted and she's taking care of the home and the home life and things like that. And uh, she gets negative. She, she needs encouragement. She needs the encouragement, Paul says, of the older Amen. women. Amen. Amen. We because need she's just tired. Yeah. And she can go negative. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's the Titus 2 principle where the older women teach the younger women, the older men teach. I love that. I love that. So yeah. women want romance. We just want the candles, we surprise me, make me laugh, and bring me the chocolate. Men just want a relationship that's less negative. I mean, can't we just have one day where everything's okay, right? I mean, that's the heart of their desire. But in the home, she's burdened. And she cares so much that sometimes she has just had it and what spills over is negative. And sometimes we become hard to love because of that. Yeah, so... This is God, his command. God commands a man to love his wife. Why would God command a man to do this if it's, if it's natural? Because it's not natural for man to do this. He commands the wife to put on respect. Why? Because it's not natural for you. So it's unique, unique to each of us as man and woman and how we were created and how God designed us. You know, in our world, Love and respect has been rejected by many. Can I hear an amen on that amen. one today? Amen. Really, if we can just yeah. talk plainly today, this, this has been rejected mm-hmm. by so many. And so we look at scripture, 1 Peter chapter 3, 1 and 2 says this, wives, even if any husbands are disobedient to the word, they may be one as they observe your respectful behavior. I think this is so powerful and profound that he is saying to the women, 
in, a, in Scripture, he's saying, listen, even if your husband is disobedient, disobedient to God, disobedient to you, that they can be won over by observing your respectful behavior. That's pretty powerful. Yeah. Very, very powerful in God's yeah. word, what he has to say about mm-hmm. women respecting. Yeah, you know, this is an issue I have talked to many women about where it's hard. Because if a man is not acting respectfully, it's hard to respect him. And here's what we want to say is we can't, we can't get away from God's word. This is the standard, and there's no conditions attached to it. Women, honor your husbands. Respect your husband. And let me just tell you this to encourage you. If you're looking for love, you'll see love. Mm-hmm. If you're looking to honor, you're going to find honor. See, we see what we're looking for. And can you find something? Can you find something to honor him in? Can you find something to respect him in and talk respectfully? It's not saying we're not saying the hard things in marriage, but you're just saying them really respectfully and you're saying them really carefully. You know, we live in such a love-based culture that so many times we stop paying attention to all the scriptures on honor and respect. And, um, you know, we... As men and women, we've been, we complete one another. We're completely equal in the marriage. But God designed marriage for the husband and the wife to meet one another's needs. And girls, like it or not, respecting and honoring is his number one need that he needs from you. And so to win the heart of a husband, to win the heart of your man, it take, it's going to take unconditional respect. And the way we do that is through our respectful behavior treating him with respect. And we are well aware that this is deemed um, sexist or demeaning now to the feminine. And, yep. and I'm just going to tell you, no, girls, that's not the way, that's not what scripture says. The scripture says to honor your husband. And um, let's bring some honor back in the home and honor our men. Can we do that? Yeah. Amen. Yeah, yeah I think we really got to be careful yeah. of all the other voices right. that are out there, all the other things that are coming mm. through. And we're listening to that. And we we buy into that rather mm. than God's word yeah. that has settled this issue right. and is the roadmap for it mm-hmm. in our lives. And when we walk in obedience on this issue, there always is blessing attached to obedience. Right. And so just be faithful. And honestly, it doesn't matter what he's doing. God is telling, what is God telling you to do? God is yeah. telling you to respect. It doesn't matter what he's doing right. for, that, for us to be able to act respectfully. Yeah, and then on the other hand, in Scripture, Colossians chapter 3.19, it says, Husbands, you are to love your wives and do not be embittered against them. So Paul is saying, the reality is, men, she is crying out for your love. She wants your love. That is the heart of what's going on inside of her. And so Paul is admonishing us as men. Men are to show care. Um, They are to show concern and gentleness with their wives. That, that's what he's saying here. You know, we, we've got to look at this because it really is so important that we understand that we are to love them regardless. It doesn't matter how we feel. And so gentleness, care, concern is so important. But you got to remember the reason why is that women are the weaker vessel. Now, it doesn't mean women are weak, but the Bible has said that woman is one step removed from man, right? Because she was formed out of his body. So men are there to show concern and to show care. Paul's saying, hey, there's no room for husbands to be abusive, physically, uh, you know, in speech, whatever, or unfair to any woman. 
He's saying you are to equally submit to each other. So he's literally saying, hey, men, what you're called to do is you're required to give yourself up for her. Give yourself up. Wow. You know, the truth is I, I know many men would, would die for their wives. You know, in fact, a man said to his wife, he said, honey, I love you so much. I would die for you. And she said, oh, Harry, you keep saying that, but you never do. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> the second major point is what happens when we overlook these two key ingredients that make for successful relationships. Well, what takes place? Well, that, that's good. The first step, the first thing is we step on each other's air hose. Mm. Do you know that each, every person has an air hose, right? We all have a love tank connected by an air hose, and when a husband comes and steps on it, she begins to deflate. Mm. It's only a matter of time she begins to deflate. And if you keep showing love, no love to a woman week after week, month after month, she's going to say, well, how can you say that you really do love me mm-hmm. and you continue to treat right. me this way every right. single day, right? Right. right. She and, deflates. Yeah, and likewise, a woman who keeps showing disrespect week after week or month after month, and hopefully not, but year after year, eventually the man is going to say, you know what, I don't deserve this disrespect. He's going to feel like I can never, I'm never going to be good enough for her. And the thing of it is, is he's not insecure about you loving him. Unless you straight up tell him, I don't love you, he's not going to get that. It's not on his radar. It's not even important Mm. to him. Are you honoring him? Are you respecting him? That's what he wants to know. So he's not insecure about the love. He just wants your respect. Mm. And as women, you might say, you know what? We've been married for 30 years, and I still don't know his heart. Can I just open your heart to the possibility that... Maybe it's because he doesn't know how to say what's in his heart without being dismissed. Hmm. And that hurts, doesn't it? But that, he, we have to let him know, make it a safe place for him to say, you know what? Right. No, I want to hear your heart, and I'm going to receive yeah. it very respectfully because I love you. Yeah, so we can either fill those tanks or we can suck the life out of them. Mm-hmm. That's really what happens. That's what we're saying here. You can either fill their love tank or you can just stand on it and they deflate. So... We can either make a deposit of love and respect, or we can make huge withdrawals that end up bankrupting the relationship. You know, so when Kristen feels unloved, it's very natural for her to react to me in ways that feel disrespectful to me, right? And when I feel disrespected, what's very natural is for me to react in ways that... um, I feel unloving to right, her. Right, right. And, and this is where this crazy cycle begins. It, right. it becomes repetitive and it just keeps happening over and over again. And this is this what is the crazy. cycle looks like. It's without love, then she reacts without respect. And then without respect, he reacts without love. And then without love, she reacts without respect. And without respect, then he reacts without love. And it just keeps cycling and keeps happening. And this wow. is a crazy cycle that Dr. Eckridge talks about in his book. And when the issue isn't the issue, this is the issue, right? And it's it's very, very gender specific. You know, we all need love. We all need respect equally. But the felt need during a conflict, the way we interpret it through pink or blue, that's what puts us on this cycle. Yeah, it is Mm -hmm. a crazy cycle. Mm -hmm. That's for sure, right? All of us can say that in relationship, Mm -hmm. in marriage, Mm -hmm. that it's a crazy cycle that we get on, and we have to learn how to break the cycle. And we can break the cycle with the Lord's help. That's for sure. So, you know, 
women really get in tune to this like, like this. He buys you a diet book because you've been complaining about not fitting into your clothes. Don't do that. Don't do that. And you don't have anything to wear. <laughs> and so, mind you, he makes this mistake mm. once. Yeah. <laughs> I forgive you. Because he's dead. <laughs> he makes it once, right? So, he goes to the store and he buys the book, comes home, gives mm. it to you, and your message, ma'am, mm. through your blue megaphone into her pink headphones are, I don't accept you. I don't even approve of you. I don't love you unless you look like an NFL cheerleader. Mm -hmm. And she really feels unloved mm -hmm. in that moment. Mm -hmm. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, the reciprocal, she buys him a diet book. He's 50 pounds overweight. What does he do? Hey, thanks. What's for dinner? <laughs> it's true. So true. This is where really a man, that's very true, right? I hear some laughter. Right? This is where a man can dismiss her vulnerability, yeah, right? We're true. like, ah, you know, thanks, but what's next? Right. Right. So it's right. True. And, and these are the things that shut us down in the relationships and especially in marriage. And, and this crazy cycle just keeps spinning until it's broken and still, until one of you has the courage to say, you know what, no matter how you act, I'm going to give you love. No matter how you act, mm -hmm. I'm going to show you honor and respect. Right. You know, we can't use this crazy cycle, though, as an excuse to rationalize our behavior to disobey God no. or to be unloving or to be disrespectful in our relationship. No. Um, Love and respect are a choice. Mm. You know, we choose how we're going to treat people. We choose how we're going to treat right. one another in our marriage. So how do you treat someone else? And a lot of times this is exactly how it's been modeled for you in the home growing right. up. You know, how um, I had to learn this over the years, 28 years, I feel like I'm getting, finally getting this thing where how to treat him with a phileo love, with a friendship love, because this was not modeled for me. And so how, what do I say? How do I find out how this is? Well, we found couples that are really good at this. Yeah, we, we found couples that really love well. We've seen couples that show respect to one another and they actually enjoy one another. And yeah. we've asked them questions. We've taken them to dinner and said, tell us, show us, teach us us how you do this. This is that Proverbs principle that talks about iron sharpening iron, where you're with one another and then you rub off on each other right. and you learn these ways. So some of it, this not very natural. I know for me, like I said, I, I had a hard time realizing, well, I don't have to nag him all the time. I can treat him. I can say what I need to say, but I can say it very respectfully. So um, yeah, find mm. some couples that you can, that you say, I like their love. I like how they treat one another yeah. and go hang out with That's them. Good. Go be with them. Yeah, find them. Maybe somebody mm -hmm. that can mentor you in marriage, somebody that um, you really love seeing their life. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, it's mm -hmm. an example yeah. and enjoying one another. It's intentional. Mm -hmm. It's intentional saying, I am going to have a healthy marriage and I'm going to treat him respectfully. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do we assure applying these two key ingredients in order to succeed in relationship. We want to talk about that. First, by valuing God's design. That's the first one. By valuing God's design. How many of you know God's design is the best, mm -hmm. right? It's Amen. proven. It's Amen. a proven methodology in his word. It's mm -hmm. proven because of his character and who he is. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 4, have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? He made us male and female 
neither are wrong. They're just different. So equal doesn't mean the same, right? right? She will always bring the egg. He will always bring the sperm to create a child. We are all the same, but all but equal in the eyes of God. No question about that. So he made us husband and wife. Why? To reflect his image. That's what we're called to do. So God honors our differences. So we should honor the differences that we have between each other as well. That's right. And some steps to help with that is just by doing what God calls us to do in the marriage. And there's four, four points here. We're going to go through real quick. Number one is I'm going to trust my spouse's goodwill. I'm going to believe the best in my spouse, even though I might have moments where I feel maybe he lacks concern for me or lacks what pleases me. I'm still going to know that he has done his best and is trying his hardest. And I'm going to believe that he has goodwill. Of course she has goodwill. Of course he has goodwill. And just setting your tone to not be against him, but before him and cheering him on. Number two. Um, I will accept some marital trouble as God's design between two people who have personal preferences that differ. Isn't that good? I'm going to say it again. I'm going to accept God's design between two people who have personal preferences that differ. differ. See, the Lord desires for us to come together in love and respect. Can I tell you, you're going to have differences. Mm -hmm. You're going to disagree. But we can do that with honor. And we can do that with love yeah. through these differences. Yeah. I mean, God allows trouble for a reason, doesn't he? And sometimes we think all trouble is not, oh, that can't be God. God allows trouble. You know, he loves, God loves, loves to trouble our trouble, right? <laughs> That's what he does well. And he gets in there in the mix because he's stirring something up for his glory and his kingdom and his purpose. And we just need to be sensitive enough to hear the voice of the Lord in those moments to say, okay, God, this is taking place in my marriage, my relationship for a reason. And rather than just disengage, that we take a step towards each other. That's what we should do. Third, I show my love for Jesus as I love my spouse. Really, that's true. You're showing your love for the Lord Jesus Christ as you're loving your spouse. So if you have trouble with loving and respecting, it is a spiritual issue. It is a crisis of your faith, not a crisis of your marriage. It's a crisis of your faith that you're bringing into your marriage. That's really the truth of it. So it doesn't make any difference if they're lovable or respectable, right? We're talking about people who are having maybe ongoing clashes. You're not happy with each other, but there isn't abuse going on. We're saying there's a major tension on a continual basis that's, that's happening. And you won't love or respect your spouse. See, the focus has got to be on us personally, not on our spouse. Jesus is saying, you are free. They do not control you. So many times when Chris and I have times where we are counseling couples, some of the first, first things is we listen to their whole story. We let them unravel all that and let them talk is that we tell them that they need to work on themselves rather than continue to point fingers at their spouse. Quit doing this and start working on this. Start working on your heart first. Quit pointing at the other person. They can't do this. They won't. She criticized. He's not just, he's, he's, he's disrespectful. She's unloving. All those things that we get in the mix. All those things, you got to quit pointing fingers and you got to take responsibility for yourself to get you right on the inside. That's true. That's, that's important. So many times we're just caught up the crazy cycle, crazy cycle, crazy cycle, crazy cycle. But you show love for Jesus 
as you love your spouse. And also, when I put on love, it will be rewarded. Because God says it will. When you put on his love, it will be rewarded. So when you put on love to that woman that's not respecting you, and when you put on respect to that, that, uh, that, that woman that's not loving you, husband that's not loving you, the Lord says this is going to be rewarding you throughout eternity. Well done, good and faithful servant. And so this is about Christ in you, not about your spouse in you. So you got to understand that your spouse cannot prevent you from loving and reverencing Christ. You can succeed in God's eyes whether or not they respond at all. But if we learn to put on love and respect, it's probably going to lead to a very successful marriage and successful relationships. And God wants our marriages to be successful. He wants our relationships to be successful. And we have to do what God's called us to do together through his word to make that happen, to be successful. So that's our encouragement for you today. In this time of love and respect, as we go through this month together, we're believing God to do great things in all of our lives, that we would not disengage, but we would engage or re-engage wherever we are at with our marriage, with our relationships that are around us. We would take one step towards each other rather than away. We're going to pray. I'm going to pray for the men. Kristen's going to pray for the women here today. So, and uh, yeah, let's stand to our Can we have you stand today? Sometimes just moving and acknowledging that God is doing something. We just want to pray a blessing over you today. Yes. And um, we believe that God has a good plan for your marriage. Amen. And we are for you. We are here for you. And we are here and we will pray you through. We will stand with you. There's hope today. And we just want to speak that over you. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus. You know, if you're, if you're right there next to your spouse, you're, you're not able to be with them or they're not mm-hmm. near you, would you just pray God's blessing over them mm-hmm. and uh, pray yes. God's hand upon them right now in Jesus' name. Father, mm-hmm. thank you for our spouse. Father, thank you for what you're doing in our lives. And we thank you for your word that is a sure word to our lives, God, out of uh, love and respect that you have called us to live. And Father, I pray for the men in this room or the men online today that we would be men that would love our wives sincerely, genuinely. That agape love of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 33. Lord, help us. Many times we struggle with this. But Lord, help us, Lord, to have concern and gentleness, Lord, for our spouse, Lord, for our significant other, Lord, to those that are in our lives, Lord. Stretch us in this area, God. Help us not to disengage, but to engage, Lord, and, and follow and, and run hard after our wives today again. Father, we thank you for them, and we pray your blessing upon their yes. lives. In Jesus' name. And for the women here today, God, we ask for your mighty hand to come alongside and be our helper, Lord. God, I pray that, Lord, as you call us to honor and respect our husbands, Lord, that you will help us do that. Father, that you will help for faithful instruction to be on our tongues, Lord, that you will make us wise as serpents and gentle as doves, Lord. Lord, that you'll give us wisdom how to address the issue, Lord, lovingly and respectfully, God, and God honoring in such a way, Lord, that you will be pleased and we will be obedient to your word, Lord. I pray that you'd rise up, Lord, older women to speak into the lives of younger women and for younger women to seek out the older 
older women to pour into, Lord, to yes. train up and teach the ways of God, to teach these things that sometimes aren't so easy. So God, I pray blessing on the women. I pray blessing and wisdom and your favor upon the women of the house, God, that we would be women that would carry words of respect upon our tongues. In Jesus' name, Lord, that we would honor you, you, that we would bring you glory in everything we say and in everything we do, and that we would love our husbands well. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. If you'd like to get in touch or would like more resources on how to live a successful Christian life, you can always find us at myabundantlife.com. Have a blessed week.